Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucksters? What the fuckadelics? What's happening? It's Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome. Welcome. How are you? Everything okay? You doing all right? I'm going to talk to uh, Phoebe Robinson today. This is my primary social life. You're witnessing it. Uh, also, I wanted to tell you about my buddy Tom Rhodes is a comic who uh, I've had on this show a couple times. We go way back. He was actually on episode 158 and then more recently on episode 911. Um, he's done this epic comedy album. All right. I mean, it's like crazy. It's a culmination of him doing the international circuit for the past like 20 years. It's called Tom Rhodes Around the World, and it's three hours long, 40 tracks recorded in 24 different cities, starting in Paris and ending in Jerusalem. And during the arc of this thing, his marriage fell apart. So it's it's very personal. It's, uh, it's very global. It's very unique. And uh, you should go get it. You can get it on iTunes and Amazon. And the vinyl version is coming out uh, this summer. So that's uh, Tom Rhodes Around the World. This might be the most epic comedy record ever made. So, Boulder, Colorado. Interesting thing happened. Nice lengthy show, hour and a half, two hours. Uh, got loose, got rambly, got riffy. And uh, this I, it hasn't happened in a long time. I can't say that these type of things don't happen, but I'm always sort of astounded when they do. Boulder's a great little city, and it was a great crowd, and I thank everybody for coming out to the Boulder Theater. I, I do enjoy going there. The, uh, the drive was great, which I already told you about last show. But I swear to you, I was on stage maybe 10 minutes. Maybe. Um, and I'm just doing my shit, trying to get a, you know, get a, a toehold or get a, a, a little traction with the crowd, getting it going. And this young woman uh, looked completely composed, put together, maybe in her 20s, holding her phone, just wandered all the way down the aisle and right up to the lip of the stage and stood there looking at me with you know just holding her phone just standing there looking at me and you know obviously the audience of 800 or however many were in there took notice and it was awkward and i stopped my show and i said hi what's up she goes nothing uh what basically that i'm paraphrasing and i'm like well is there something i can do she says no i just wanted to talk and i'm like well i'm you know i'm in the middle of a of a show Maybe maybe not now is a good time. She's like, no, I think it's a good time. 
and and she's like can i just come up there she was she went to get on the stage she was looking at me as if we were the only two people in the room and there was a whole crowd there and i and i could feel them starting to do the thing that crowds do like hey come on what the fuck get out go you know go home go back to your seat wait but I got this sense. I don't know what was up with her, but there's there was just this moment where like she's in trouble somehow because she's not cognizant of what's happening. And she didn't seem drunk. She wasn't stumbly. She wasn't slurring her speech. I know the drunk vibe. So my my uh, initial gut reaction was, you know, she's off res, man. And, you know, there there's something up and it might not be good. So I was diplomatic about it. You know, I was like, I, I don't think this is a good time to talk. I have to do a show. She's like, well, I think it's a good time. And I'm like, you really have to, maybe, maybe we'll talk later. Why don't we talk later? Let's talk later. And then security came down. I'm like, just be, be nice. You know, I said to them, I said, just, you know, go go back, you know, to, to your seat or wherever you are. And then, you know, we'll deal with it later. And, and it was sort of like difficult to get her away. It, she didn't need to be dragged or anything, but it, it was difficult to get it through her head. So I didn't, I thought maybe a manic break. I don't know. And I still don't really know. But the fucked up thing about me is like, I was considerate. I was diplomatic. And you know, there, there was really part of me that was sort of like, all right, okay, what do you, what do you need to talk about? What, what is so like, I, I had to fight that lack of boundary in myself in that moment. Whereas I think a lot of comics would just be like, you know, well, just fuck off, you know, whatever. Maybe not. I don't want to put uh, dirt, you know, nasty emotions uh, into the mouths of other comics but it would have been, it could have been handled def- differently it could have been a little more abusive but uh out of fear for her sanity i i <laughs> and my own instinct i just was like nice about it but i do have to admit that it, there was part of me that's sort of like all right well we can hang out now let's just let, get through whatever you need to get through and i'll continue the show in a second but that did not happen and i, I guess she was fucked up i mean you know, they got some pretty strong weed in colorado that's the funny thing about Colorado. It was interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine and I was you know, mentioning that Colorado, you know, it's recently not red and it's not that blue and it's definitely, you know, a, a white state and uh, in a lot of ways. And it's definitely um, dug in, in in a conservative way. I mean, there are, you know, I believe, Focus on Family is headquartered in Colorado Springs and there's a, a Air Force uh, Academy and there's definitely some serious conservative kind of mountain biking white people which is look i'm not judging but the funny thing was is that when i was sort of like you know talking about colorado in a broad sense a friend of mine was like well you know they're pretty progressive they 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 got the legal weed policy and i'm like you know that that may be progressive policy but it does not necessarily mean that it's progressive people like i guarantee you there's there's someone out there who says, man, I love weed, but I hate Jews. You know, I mean, you, you know, weed is, weed crosses all boundaries. The policy is progressive and proactive and good in the weed legalization way. But uh, let's not mistake free freeing the weed for uh, making everybody a decent person. Right? Right. Here's my other concern which I wanted to talk about for some reason, because I don't know if it gets enough uh, lip service. Uh, There's a bit of video on the WashingtonPost.com, and the title of it is GOP legislator prays to Jesus for forgiveness before state's first Muslim woman swears in. So a woman, a legislator in Pennsylvania, before a woman, the first Muslim woman in this state, I believe, yeah, it says right there, was sworn in, went to the mic in the proceeding in the state legislature 
and did a sort of rambling sort of prayer about Israel, about Jesus, about the country's foundations in Jesus, about Jesus speaking through George Washington. It was it was like uh, it wasn't quite speaking in tongues, but it was clearly Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Don't forget Jesus because Jesus is important. And I need you to know this before this Muslim woman comes up. There's a lot of evangelical Christians in legislatures that, that have come through uh, the Republican movement. Uh, there's a lot of right-wing Christian activist judges in the judiciary. And uh, they've been kind of pushing along for a long time. You know, there you know, there are the regular issues of, uh, you know, abortion, um, which is, you know, a hot-button issue in uh, Christian circles and, and one that they have used for traction uh, over the years. But uh, But I think... What is sort of unspoken and what is kind of creepy to me, and I guess this is commentary. I don't know if it's essentially political commentary in in the general way is that our president, uh, he honestly doesn't give a fuck about policy or about anything. He likes being given information that he can twist and use to start shit. He likes starting shit and he likes the people that like him and they're shit starters. And that's why they like him. They like push button pushers. So he's not really, I don't think, uh, on top of or uh, he's not abreast of the of the policies that he's being handed. But uh, he knows that they'll he'll start some shit. OK, so you know where I stand. But the thing that doesn't get talked about much is how many Christians are in policymaking positions and evangelicals you know i don't want I, I don't want to be condescending and i don't want to diminish anyone's uh religion i don't want to mock the myths that define anyone but but there is a strain of of christianity that you know has a very specific agenda and the rub here which i didn't realize until recently sadly is that in order for jesus to come back the world has to end which means that means there's a lot of people that want the world to end because they want Jesus to come back more than anything. This is just logic. So my question has always been, is there a chance that that policy is being crafted to accelerate the prophecy of revelation? So this would be prophecy fulfillment policy uh, that's being undertaken by the evangelical wing of this administration, headed off by Mike Pence and Mike, Mike Pompeo. And uh, and you can see it in a lot of different ways. And the, the reason why it's tricky and horrifying, you know, environmentally, that if they're deregulating, you know, at just sort of breakneck speed, uh, not only for capitalistic intent, but also for uh, Armageddon intent, that there is this strange marriage, you know, demonic marriage and uh, dovetailing of you know, late stage capitalism and uh, evangelical Christian eschatology, prophecy. And I, I guess the capitalists are hedging their bets or they don't give a fuck, but, uh, but they're on board. So this weird unification of like radical evangelical end time prophecy baiters and just sort of like, let's make the world free for any kind of business, no matter what it fucking does to the environment. And then, you know, we'll fix it when the time comes, maybe. Don't worry about that now. That's sort of nihilistic. And, and I, I imagine at the core of a lot of people that may not be religious who are, you know, fuck you, Trump's the best, you know, fuck regulation, fuck unions, fuck uh, the environment, fuck the new Green Deal, that that's the third 
arm of this momentum is that you have, you know, untethered, uh, deregulated capitalists and you have just complete fucking nihilists who don't give a fuck and just want to see it all burn for no reason other than that. And then you have a, a, a fairly organized and um, driven contingent of of Christians who are like, yeah, the, we'd like it to end for very specific reasons because we've done all we can here and I'm one of the good guys and I'm ready for heaven. Fuck this noise. So that was sort of it. And I think that's a way to to sort of frame the uh, the sort of obsession with the right wing you know, Zionism in Israel is that, uh, you know, Pompeo. Yeah, he's 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 on Team Jesus. And, you know, the, the reason in in that framework that Israel is so important is that they've got to get that landing strip cleared. They got it. You know, there's the uh, Temple Mount. There's a, the Dome of the Rock is built on it. The temple must be rebuilt in order for Jesus to come back. I believe this is this is the way it goes. I don't have it sitting in front of me. But either way, Israel is important to the evangelical right because it's, it's got to be stable and good for the landing. The problem is, is obviously most rational people are upset about the nihilists, frightened uh, for the environment when it comes to the capitalist and completely terrified because of the religious fanatics. I just wanted to pay a little lip service to the religious fanatics, to the prophecy fulfillment policy and the evangelical wing of the Trump administration. Just saying hello, put that in your head, roll it around. It's all connected. Okay. Sweet. So listen, Phoebe Robinson uh, is um, she's got uh, a podcast called So Many White Guys. That's available wherever you can get podcasts and her books. You can't touch my hair and other things I still have to explain and everything's trash, but it's okay is the other book and they're available wherever you get books. And of course, you know her from the two seasons of Two Dope Queens on HBO. They're available wherever you get HBO. And I imagine you could still find that podcast around, but uh, I love her. She's great. But uh, it's interesting in this conversation. We do. We kind of we kind of breach the, the sort of black and white thing a bit. And, and I learned a couple of things. Not not too heavy. I'm not sure we solved any big problems, but uh, it was certainly fun talking to her. So this is me talking to Phoebe Robbins. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I miss the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. So it's nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Um, let's get into the collagen issue. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, where are you at with your uh, regimen? I so Vanessa Bayer turned me on to this because we did. Um, I was just talking about her. She's amazing. I love her to pieces, and we uh, shot this Netflix movie Ibiza. Yeah, 
in 2017. Yeah. And every morning I just see her putting this powder like in her like oatmeal. I'm like, what is that? And she's like, oh, it's my collagen. Like it's, it's yeah. supposed to help with your skin. And I was like, should I be doing that? Because I was like, well, I'm black. I feel like my skin's always going to be fine. But she's like, you need collagen. <laughs> and I was like, do black people know we need collagen? So yeah. now I do it every morning. I have a green juice. Yeah. First thing I have, dump a bunch of collagen in. <laughs> I don't know if it's working. Well, what well, what is the response from black people in general with the collagen? Well, I can't tell my parents. I'm from the Midwest. They're going to be like, who the fuck are you? I knew you wore fucking turtleneck dickies, and yeah. now you're walking around with collagen powder. It is. I've been taking collagen for months, and I don't know. Does my skin your look skin good? Your skin looks good. It does? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I put lotion on, too. Yeah. I'm that I'm that kind of man. Yeah. <laughs> how? Can I ask you how old you are? Absolutely not. Okay. How rude. <laughs> 50, you, 55. You, you look great. 55. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't look great, I wouldn't. I would just breeze right past that How comment. How you? I'm turning 35 in September. You're like a young person. I know I'm a baby. Well, that's what I started to realize when I was reading <laughs> through your books. I was going through stuff, and I'm like, I am out of the loop. I'm like, do you even like my stuff? <laughs> yeah, I do. I was getting laughs. I, oh, good. But, but I'm actually, I don't know. I, I think I'm an old man in the sense that I'm like, what? What is she? What is this? Who is this? What? <laughs> Who are these fucking people? What is this? There's a lot of interesting language being used. Is this? But I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. But I mean, but I get the thrust of it. No, I think you're very funny. Oh, thank what, you so why? much. I appreciate that, man. I was on your show, but you weren't there. No, I was. That was like a kind of a bummer. I was really bummed because I've been a huge fan of yours for a long time, and I couldn't be there. I think because I was shooting something. Right. Yeah, and I was just like, "This sucks." Yeah, it was. A, I was it, like, "Oh, I'm never going to meet him now." <laughs> no, we like. It's funny because I I got like the first book a while back. The essay on feminism is great. Thank and you. It, so much. And it feels like that was the one where you're like, I gotta do this right. Yeah. <laughs> that was the last one I wrote and I kept putting it off and I was like, kept missing deadlines and I was like, I pitched this essay to yeah. my editor and the publisher and they were like, we're so excited for this. And now I'm like, oh fuck, I can't cut it. Right. Because in the past, if I was like, oh, I can't figure it out, I'm just gonna cut it from the book. And I'm like, all right. But yeah. they were so, they kept being like, we can't wait to see the feminism essay. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. So I, I spent maybe three days and I just was, writing yeah. writing and I, I got I just vomited on the page and it made sense and people a lot of people really like that essay a lot which well, I, I, I appreciate yeah because yeah, I think it, you know it's one of those things where you got to wrangle in all this stuff you got to take a stand and it's a yeah. stand you know against something that you're within yeah and 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 you gotta you, you have to be your argument has to be solid yeah <laughs> Or else, you know, they're going to call you out. Exactly. Yeah. And so all the response has been good? The response has been good. I mean, I think, you know, feminism is, anyone who hasn't read the book, basically I just call out white feminism as being just as problematic in its own way as like the patriarchy or whatever. And, you know. The patriarchy or whatever. That or should be the next book. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that, you know, that thing. That whole oppressive yeah, yeah. thing. Um and I think what's been interesting now is like, you know, Two Dope Queens is coming out. And so then I get new people who like didn't know me before that or yeah. do like the view or whatever. And sometimes when I call out white feminists, there will be like some like really angry white women in my yeah. comments. And they'll be like, I'm unfollowing your work. And I'm like, See? Give a shit. I'm like, what do you what do you think that's gonna accomplish? But that's but that's also like point. That's the point. Yeah. You're proving the point. Yeah, you think I'm gonna oh, I'm not gonna talk now because I don't wanna lose a white fan. It's like it's so (laughs) stupid. It's so dumb. And so people 
mostly get it. And I think it is, it's just based in fact. Like, yeah. I'm like, you can't, like, argue your way out of it is how I feel about like, it. Like, we don't have to, we can start lighter. You yeah. Know, but like... <laughs> But no, but I think that's always been a problem with like people who who even you know call themselves progressives. Mm-hmm. Is that you know when when I did uh, talk radio on the left, it was like it just got to the point where it's like these people are just going to eat themselves. Yeah, and it, it, there's nothing there's nothing anyone can do about it because the personalities are so strong. There are boutique issues mm-hmm. that you know pe- this is what defines our progressiveness. Yeah, and then it's just sort of like this is a fucking it's a clusterfuck, and you're just going to watch them you know. Tear their own selves up, yeah. and and then uh, you know not come together to do when they need to. Yeah, that's why we have eighty five people running on the Democratic side. I'm like, what? I know. I'm like, Are you Bernie running? Are again? You running? Are you running? <laughs> Let me run. Why not? Just do it. Just it's do insane. It. You can do it. You know, yeah. Be a comic who runs for president. There's, <laughs> there's always been one. Pat Paulson was this old dude who used to run every year for years. Really? Yeah, comedian. He used oh just run for president. God. What does it take to run for president? I have no idea. You just fill out a form? Yeah, and I think you just get enough people to be like, yeah, I like you. And yeah. you can run. And yeah. you're like, Oh, yeah, what? sign this. Yeah. Do, it on, do it on the HBO <laughs> show. Just, or post the petition, uh, the, the signatory thing, and then you know, put it out there and see how many you get. And then you just, you don't have to full in. Yeah. Just kind of half ass it. Have a platform yeah <laughs> that'd be funny so how did i miss uh your stand-up career entirely i, I, did the, the, <laughs> I mean was i not in new york did i you were you not, of a different generation yeah where, where, I, where did you grow up what happened i'm from i'm from cleveland ohio we're from in, in cleveland the suburbs of cleveland i'm i'm always yeah. uh my initial reaction to ohio was always like Ugh. Yeah, I, I don't, and I don't even know why. I think it's because of the Republican slash opioid slash yeah. uh, uh, con- conservative freak show that sort of undermines. Well, they, it certainly did in two thousand and four. I think it yeah. wasn't that the year. Yeah. But but I every time I'm there, like anywhere else I go, I'm like, well, there's there's good people everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and there's that you know there's that one street with the three restaurants on it that's very good by the club I work at. <laughs> I I really do like Cleveland. I do think politically, mm. Ohio is not on the whole like what I yeah. align with. Um, but yeah, I grew up in the suburbs. My parents have been married. What? How does my brother? Because he got married. My mom was pregnant with him. Thirty, and I just revealed that. But anyway, who cares? Thirty. Was that an years. accident or was it? No, 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 no. It was just like, all right, well, happened. Guess yeah. we'll step up. And- yeah. <laughs> You're what? All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how your dad proposed. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. So they've been together 39 yeah. years. I have an older brother. He married his college his college sweetheart. Like, How's that going? Good. They have two kids. Oh. It's wild. I don't want to have kids. Yeah. That's a big thing. And my boyfriend and I have talked about that. We both we just don't want to have kids. You got how you know you have a boyfriend for mm-hmm. a long time now? Uh, it'll be two years in July. He's a tour manager for rock bands. Yeah? Yeah. What bands? Right now he's with the Lumineers. Last year he was with uh, Nico Case. <laughs> what a dog. Oh my God, the Lumineers. They're good. Have you seen them live? No, look, I, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> it's just funny to be with, like, you know, with your Bono obsession yeah. that you're oh, now dating this dude that seems to be like just on a list of two representing some of the whitest people working in music. I saw them open for for Bono. Yeah, that's how I met my boyfriend. Oh yeah, yeah. It was in, uh, at a U two concert, and the Lumineers were open for him. My boyfriend's from he's from Bournemouth, which is like two hours south of London. English guy. Yeah, tats, yeah. piercings. Uh huh. Yeah, he's cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is the guy. Yes. Yeah, oh, he's the one for sure. Really. <laughs> what was? 
<laughs> he said, "Really? Like, why?" Because <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I have been through many relationships yeah. and two marriages. I, I too do not have children. Yeah, just because it was never, I never really thought about it. Yeah, I'm not the person for them. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it's a fine thing. Yeah, I don't what, have do you it. thought it? Well, what was? What's your thinking on it? <clears throat> I, um. I just don't like I see what I see my friends. I see like when my parents went through it. I'm like, I don't have the capacity to raise someone the like the day to day. Well, here, devil's advocate. Do yeah. you ever get this? You'll know when you have one, you'll show up. And no, I, I won't. <laughs> I will resent. I, I'll be pissed. <laughs> I'll be pissed. But, I, no, but no. your parents were supportive and loving and, you know. Yeah, and, they were right. good. Yeah. yeah. See, for me, I just I, I have anxiety about kids I don't have. Like the ones that I could have had, who are now in, in rehab and in their twenties, I, I, I'm worried about them. It's good that you didn't have kids. I think more people should not have kids. Yeah, we have enough. Honestly, yeah, and yeah. honestly, like they're, I think a lot of times people are like, oh, you know, they don't tell you the whole thing. And I've had some friends be like, I love being a parent. Yeah, but. It is really fucking hard. And like, honestly, like, I don't encourage people to have kids. Right. But there are some people, they just want you to be a part of the tribe. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. It's weird. Yeah. And I, and I'm, I don't want to, like, I better not. You know, like, there's something that, there's this this thing that happens to people. Yeah. They have kids. And then they just sort of go into this weird, almost zombie-like state yeah. for at least a decade. Yeah. You, you know, and then they come out of it and they're like, what I miss? <laughs> you, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's true. And it's weird. Yeah. And they're going to hate. I, I imagine I'll get some emails. But uh, I, I mean, I, look, I like kids for a few days. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. And <clears throat> I like hanging out with my niece and nephew. Yeah. But I like sleep. I, I like being able to have 20 different jobs. I like yeah. that my boyfriend and I can travel to see each other. I just like. Yeah. Life. I like the freedom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and also it's like. Not having a, a a horse in the race at this particular juncture in global history is not a horrible thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like you can have a kid who's two now and say, like, it's going to be great when you get older. Yeah. You're, you're going to be able to do whatever you want <laughs> in the camp. So, <laughs> I don't know. So when did you, uh, so your brother, he's he's living a normal life. You have nieces yeah. and nephews. That's a nice relationship to have. Yeah. You can be... Uh, Aunt Phoebe and come over with presents and then leave. Exactly, it's perfect. What's he do? He is so he works at a nonprofit city year, yeah. and then he just got into politics and he ran for state rep in his district and he won. Really? Yeah, he's a state rep. Yeah, he's... district six, and he flipped it. It was red for sixty Ooh, years. That's it was exciting. The, yeah, it's the first time. Wow. Yeah. When you were growing up, were, you, were your parents political or did what kind of house did you grow up? What did they mean, do? My so my mom is an accountant and yeah. my dad now he does real estate. But like they weren't super political, but my brother would, he would just sit down and watch C-SPAN. Yeah. Like, as, like oh, when it was like the only thing like that was there were two things on cable. How old is your brother? He is 39. Like oh. I would watch, you know. Ali McBeal or in Living Color and he'd yeah. be fucking watching C-SPAN so like for pleasure even, for hours even when no one was talking just like people yes. shuffling papers and walking across the floor I cannot tell you the amount of times I saw that I'm like what is this is like a shitty Truman show like what are we watching yeah. he's like it's so good and I'm like all right <laughs> yeah sure they're yeah. they're they're, uh, they're they're voting on bill 309 <laughs> <laughs> it's a water related bill 
Wow. I never got it, but he he just is a huge political junkie, always has been. I respect people like yeah. that who who really get off on the nuances of how the system works. Yeah. Because did you read that that thing about how most people don't know who Mike Pence is? And it's just sort of like it's kind of even. Really? Yeah. Even in, like a, a, a wow. large amount of people that even in the climate we live in, there's still plenty of people sort of like, no, nah, don't get involved. You know, just <laughs> I go to work. It'll work out. I mean, you talk about that too in, in, in that essay, which is the one I really studied. Uh, <laughs> You're like, I, I read one essay. I'm fucking I, busy. I, br- <laughs> I browsed, I read one essay. It was like black people, black people, <laughs> feminism. Okay, this is a little broader. Maybe this will encompass all of the things that she talks about. <laughs> Where do you stand on race, man? Do you, does it make Where do you, I stand? Like, does I'm, it make I'm it race. No, but. <laughs> No, does it make it you antsy to talk about it or not really? Well, you know, when I do talk about it, the weird thing is, is like in in terms of like the one I underline something in the book, actually two things. Oh, wow. Look at yeah. that. Silence and putting your head down is flat out unacceptable and only makes more visible the fact that you're trying to remain invisible in the face of atrocities. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking wrote that. You did. Yeah. And and, it, and it's an issue for a, pe- a lot of people I talk to, like, you know, people who consider themselves progressive people, good yeah. people. They're just sort of like, nah, you know, it's like, I'm going to write this one out. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I'll, throw, you know I'll, I'll be like, Trump sucks and, you know, this yeah. is bad. But, you know, like, where do I stand in it? I try to talk about it with yeah. people who want to talk about it. I don't walk up to people and go like, are we good? Is everything all right? <laughs> you know, like I've engaged people yeah. uh, in, like I talked to D.L. Hughley about mm-hmm. it, but this whole idea of like black friends and, and knowing the black community and stuff, yeah. I have two friends, period. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so like yeah. I, I'm not yeah. out in the world. I, yeah. you know, I work with people of all races and I'm like, hey, what's going on? But it's not yeah. in my day-to-day brain. Right. But am I guilty of being nervous about saying something? Like you said, am I nervous about yeah. saying something? Well, it's very easy to not know how to talk. <laughs> it's not, I don't think yeah. I'm going to say something racist because right. I know okay. I'm not racist. Yeah. But but there there is a point where it's sort of like the self-consciousness Right is going to just your tone is going to be like you know can I say that can I say are we good you know like that kind yeah. of shit does happen in my brain okay but uh, but I but it's not a day to day thing but I do but even now talking about um like I was trying to do a joke like here here's a, 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 a for instance just from the act because okay. like I'm not you, you know uh, out there in the streets. <laughs> You know, You're not out I, there in the street. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going out. Like, I'm just walking around trying to be <laughs> inclusive. But uh, I did do. I was trying to do a joke about: Is it wrong for me to use the black thumbs up emoji? <laughs> <laughs> I will say this: I appreciate when my white friends do the that to me. To you, yeah. But I, for me to do it, yeah. is it innately r- racially insensitive for me to do it as like me doing it just to anybody? If you like did it to- Just to a friend, like you know, just to do the thumbs up, but I just chose to, I had many color yeah. options. And then yeah. like- you know, That's I, I, kind of not, I, I think I'm okay with that. Really? 
Yeah. Good. I mean, because that's the kind of thing where I put it out there. There's a lot of people are like, I don't know. I don't know where this is going. I'm kind of like. It's an option. Yeah. I like that you chose that option instead of being like white the default. That's the only one I'm going to. I like that you're like, I'm going to use a black. I'll use the I'll use the the uh, uh, Latino one. Yeah. And the Asian one, too. Yeah. I I think it's it's a bigger question is is the yellow and the Asian one is is questionable. The yellow one. I'm like, what? What is this, guys? Why? What's happening? That one is weird. Yeah. 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 I like that you're doing that. I use uh, sometimes I use all of them to like just to bring everybody in. I'm very excited and the world is excited (laughs) with me. So I don't know where, where am I avoiding the question? I don't think you're avoiding question. I think you're, you answered it as a white person, which is, I could tell you were nervous. (laughs) (laughs) I could tell you were like, ah, but you got through it. I kind of knew. Yeah. But I I think, I, I think, you know, you're, you're trying to do, do what's right. Like if I don't think about it, I'm fine. Yeah, you, you know. But but I do like you know, even in looking through your book and just out of you know recently really thinking about the idea of white male privilege, white privilege. It's yeah. the, the truth is, like I'm trying to work on stuff about being woke. Yeah. You know, and 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 acknowledging that I am a 55 year old you know white dude. Yeah. So I needed to be woke, and I continually yeah. need to be woke. Yeah. And and, and it's a process. It's not second nature. Mm-hmm. It's because like it's not so much that our thinking was bad, but it was off. Yeah, Do, you know what I mean. It yeah. was not it, the 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 element that needed to be woke in terms of acknowledging mm-hmm. white privilege was not. It just wasn't engaged. I was just moving right. through the life, yeah, assuming that everything was okay. Right, and that oh, this is just everyone has this sort of starting point and right. now you realize that's like not true well, well yeah, i knew yeah. that you know that right. there it was always difficult for people of color i was yeah. not you know completed you like yeah. they're fine they, you know they just don't <laughs> like living in this neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> you know i wasn't a complete idiot yeah, but, yeah. but uh and i also knew about institutional racism but i just don't think i really thought of myself as somebody who benefited in a way uh, at someone else's expense right. or or without unfairly. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I just made assumptions. Yeah, I'm a middle class Jewish guy. Yeah, I went to college. I wasted that time. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people like that. <laughs> there seem to be other people working harder than me. But yeah. like I never, you know, there were uh, people of color around, but I never thought that uh, I was somehow guilty of something. I don't think it's that you're guilty of it. I want to I remove that. It's not that you're guilty of something. This is turned into like a fucking college. That's all right. I, I need to learn. Yeah. <laughs> a- but I think it's more that like in the day to day, you have certain advantages sure. that make your life easier. Yeah. Um, like I fly business class. Yeah. I just do. Yeah. Almost every time I'm at the airport. It's the best, right? I get pulled out of line because they think I don't belong there. Really? Yes. But how does that unfold? I will, when I went to, I went to, I was flying in Dublin and, and I go in the, you know, TSA business line or whatever, first, whatever. And one guy pulls me, he's like, excuse me, what are you doing here? And I was like, business class. I'm like showing him my phone. He's like, okay. I walk and then another guy pulls me out of line. He was like, you don't belong in this line. And the other girl was like, oh no, 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 no. She's business class. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking, and said I was like this happens all the time yeah I get pulled out of line um yeah and it's just daily sort of like little things where people just remind you that you don't belong I don't believe and I don't know if you thought about it but I don't think that everybody is innately capable of empathy I think Mm -hmm. that most people are Mm self-centered self-involved 
and 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 not necessarily myopic, but but in their own trip, right? Yes. They're in their own world. So certainly with, and I'm trying to talk about this a bit too on stage, certainly with gender, with men and women, mm-hmm. it's literally impossible for a man to be truly empathetic with a woman. He has to, it has to come from respect mm-hmm. and listening. Mm-hmm. You can't really walk in, you can't really. Right, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's the same, you know, it, with uh, white and black people in, in what you're talking about. So there is this other thing that you have to engage, which is understanding in you know what the struggle is in order to be empathetic yeah yeah and then also understanding like this was because i started doing stand-up 11 years ago i started in new york and i always call myself a grinder like i was always just you know i would go to shows i would go home i would write like i was just let's talk about that and and come back around to it yeah so so you you grow up and we're and you moved to new york for 17 i went to pratt institute at 17 that seems young Well, I just my the way that my birthday fell. Oh, uh, yeah, and I wanted to study writing. I was uh, used to watch film and TV all the time. I was a slacker in high school. You can the, tell I read the books. I yeah. was like, hey, watch that. She watched that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like your references, I'm like, like they're so solid, and I know they're funny. And I'm yeah. like, I gotta go rewatch that movie. Like, <laughs> I know I was I was lame. Like that's all I did was just like watch and rewatch stuff. And was just... it was it movies you wanted to write? Yeah, I thought I was going to write like serious Oscar movies. Like I never wanted to do comedy. I never watched stand up. Like I like all of this yeah. is was not planned. Right. Yeah, I never wanted to do it. What any were of you this. like what were the movies that moved you the most oh, to to sort of Probably 70s cinema, so like Scorsese. Those guys, yeah. 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 Uh, the conversation, that sort of stuff. Like wow. I really was just like cuz <laughs> Yeah, that's like what I was watching. An hour of watching Gene Hackman tear the walls out of his apartment <laughs> and play saxophone. That was the one? Yeah. I was like, I could write that. Like, But that's like what I was watching. And yeah. so I was like, well, I feel like I should move to New York. I watched his show, Felicity, and it's about this white girl with curly hair. Yeah. And she moved to New York for a guy. I wasn't going to move for a guy, but I was like, I want to move to New York. I think that'd be cool. So I tried to get an NYU and they were like, your grades are fucking trash. So they, they rejected they? me. Oh, I was like, maybe a C minus student. Oh yeah. I just, you didn't even kick into gear in the last year. That's what no, I did. I Kinda didn't like, care. I, I was yeah. like, I, I didn't care. I went to my brother and I went to this like predominantly white high school. And I honestly, I just went because he was going Yeah, and I just like wanted to like sort of do what he did. And, he was like the cool guy on campus. Like every girl wanted to date him. He was like in jazz band. He did like speech and debate. Like he was just like the cool dude. Yeah. And I was like not cool. Right. I was just Phil's sister. Yeah. Which is like fine. But yeah. I just totally was. Yeah. It just took me a minute to sort of like figure out myself and like what I wanted to do. So high school, I just sort of phoned it in. It was, I don't know, it was funny, but I was, it, it never registers anything other than me just being sarcastic. But even there, like the, the idea that you were one of the few black people there. Yeah. Yeah. I was the only black girl in my grade. So like, yeah, I see like I, I if I, I have to think about what that would feel like yeah. and it's got, you know, just like every day yeah. you're like, hey, I'm here. The <laughs> one is here. <laughs> like I can't. Yeah. And it, you feel, you feel different like you fully feel different all the time yeah yeah and on top of that you're you're a woman yeah 
So there's that part too. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like double whammy. Yeah. And you know, I think in the long run it was very good for me to go there, but I think I had to sort of personally work out mentally what that felt like to be the only black person in a room. Yeah. And it, it felt weird. And I I wish I would have had like another black girl in my grade because I think that would have been like a good sort of lifeline but you know right. someone to be like this is fucking crazy right yeah right exactly <laughs> or just like it just i don't know like yeah i wasn't like i was doing work study like yeah. it wasn't like my parents were rich you know what i mean so yeah. it's just like class wise race wise it was not like on the same as right. other people so it just did you experience actual sort of racism i people were actually pretty chill yeah but i also yeah, people are actually. I think it's old, when I've gotten older and like being in the adult world. That's where that has right. come in. More. Do you see? Yeah. But do you see? Do you classify overcompensating it as you know some like as as a, a an antidote to an individual's racism? Wouldn't they overcompensate as yeah. being? Uh, is that more annoying in some? Way? Yes, it is. It's <laughs> it's like I don't. I'm like you don't have to be my. It's like if I get into a car and yeah, yeah. you know I get into a lift and they like immediately like change into like fucking Bruno Mars. I'm like, <laughs> you were you were listening to I don't know yeah. Monsters and Men or whatever the band is. Right. Just listen to that. Like yeah. you don't have to yeah. change it to Jay Z because I'm the, in the car. Because you think I like that. Yeah, and I'm like I do like Jay Z. Sure. But you, Who doesn't? Yeah, you <laughs> can leave it on some you know right, right, indie right. folk whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so you you're there and you're funny. But you're not you're not thinking. You just yeah. want to go to New York. Yeah, I just want to go to New York and write serious movies. Yeah, and I and then I got to to Pratt, and I, I think I ended up being like a straight A student. Like I really just it's what I wanted to do. I was like, you oh, I want to write. Yeah, and I did. Did you make short films? No, so I did like a lot of like writing like short stories and yeah. like short scripts, and then funnily enough, I joined. When did I join my improv troupe? Maybe sophomore year. Yeah. We had like just like a random like informal improv troupe on campus, and like I think like Chris Gethard came to teach us one <laughs> yeah. one day, and like it was really cool. But I still never, I was like, oh, this is just a fun way to pass the time. You you, do, you didn't know about that world, yeah. Really. It was just sort of like that's cool. You wanted like, to write, yeah. And there was this whole teeming world of funny people out there, yeah. That you you just started to see, yeah, and then. I remember I had Nori Davis, who's this amazing stand-up comic. He was like, "You should, you should do stand-up," and I was like, "No, I don't want to do that. That's dumb." But did you ever like stand-up? I saw before I started getting stand-up. I saw like a Chris Rock special, yeah, an Ellen DeGeneres one, yeah, maybe Margaret Cho, and that was it. Yeah. And then, and I, I was, I will say, I was like into Dane Cook for like half a minute, which I know people- it's a lot are of like, energy. A lot yeah, of energy. a lot of energy. I stand by the first album holds, I don't know if it holds up, but it held up when I listened to it. It was exciting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was all worked up about little things. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. I love the casual drag. Um, <laughs> I'm great at it. <laughs> You're, you are really good at it. I'm like, damn. Damn, he's been around a lot of black people because he knows how to just fucking rip you a new asshole. You don't even realize yeah, it. Um, a few minutes later. Yeah. What just happened? Where is that guy? <laughs> My boyfriend's like that. Brits are really good at that. Oh, yeah. They're so good at being condescending. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you're like. Because you assume they're doing it anyways, just by the way yes. they talk. 
So yes. when they really do it, it's like, oh, that's that's a that's a nine. Yeah, they're always at a three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of the big sort of cultural things with my boyfriend and I when we first started dating. I thought he was always being condescending, and he thought I was always yelling at him. <laughs> and I was like, this is my normal. This is like New York, like. Everyone is really passionate, and <laughs> yeah. we're going to say everything we right. want to say before you're allowed to talk again. Yeah. But I'm not yelling. Right. He was you're, like, he didn't get it. Your personality has to operate at the same frequency of the city. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so he'd be like, "Why are you, all you and your friends just yelling at each other?" I'm like, "Oh no, we're having a good time. Yeah. We love each other." Yeah. But he thought I was like verbally just screaming at him. <laughs> I was like, "I love you, man." I'm not, <laughs> See, you're yelling again. Yeah. <laughs> and I noticed like sometimes I will be like literally berating him with positivity and i've caught myself being like i'm just yelling at this man yeah yeah berating him with positivity what a horrible thing yeah you are so fucking good god damn it you are something you are great and that's what i do but i fucking love you man you're so he'd be like why are you screaming at me he's like i don't know if you love me right now (laughs) i'm I'm feeling a subtext yeah (laughs) um but yeah, so I, I did uh, I did improv, and yeah. then when I graduated, I was like, uh, I'm just gonna work at a couple of film companies, and then I worked. I was a receptionist at New Line Cinema. Oh yeah. Uh, and then I was like an executive assistant at Picture House. It's I don't like, know what that is. It was like a, production it, house. Uh, it, it was like a, it was like a division of New Line. Uh, they folded, it and now they're back. Um, and I was miserable. I hated it. For what reason? I don't want to be in an office oh. nine to five. I was yeah. like, this is. Not Terrible. weird office dynamics, just yeah. you know, just a job. Just a job, like yeah. clocking in every day. Uh, the worst. Yeah, I was like this. Small is... talk. Yes. Hey, yeah. did you watch that last night? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we both experienced it. And then you just back into like, oh, I wanted to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it was. It was yeah. just like, hey, whatever. Like, we're just talking about nothing. I don't know how people do it. Yeah, it's brutal. Know. And a friend of mine who... I think he lives in San Francisco now. Yeah. Um, she was like, I want to take a stand-up class at Caroline's. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And she's like, you hate your job. And I was like, okay. Well, but everyone yeah. knew you were funny at this point. Were you writing? That Were you putting out stuff that you were writing? Were, no, nobody, oh, okay. No, I was so miserable at my job. Like all, I, just, I like stopped writing. And this is after college? It's after college. I yeah. was... 22 23 yeah. i like wasn't writing yeah. anymore no and then you she died was, inside I, I think i did no one ever said that to me but i think i kind of did where i was just like i guess this is it that's the worst thing that yeah. happens in all types of things yeah like because if you don't know really what you want to do or you don't have the the courage to do it right then you kind of surrender like relationships too i'm like yeah. i guess this is it <laughs> You know, I could get a little better, yeah. but you know, this is what most people do. Yeah. Ugh. And that's what I was like, oh, I'll just like work my way up, you know, the corporate ladder and I guess I'll be like an exec. What? Nothing happened to shatter your writing dreams to that degree. You Not, just like jumped I, into. I was just like, I just didn't think that I could perform. Like I just was sort of like, this is like the path that people take. You just get like an office Security. job. Yeah. You get an office job, you work your way up and then that's just like what you do. What was your parents angle? I think my parents, um, they were pretty much like do whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. But I think, I think there was sort of an, an inkling that I wanted to perform when I started doing improv, but yeah. I would never admit that to anyone. Yeah. It was just like, oh, this is a fun way to pass time or make friends. Right. And it was never like, 
I enjoy being on stage. Yeah. It was just like friendship bonding. I know. And, see, like when I was coming up, there that wasn't sort of like we can take an improv class or a stand up class just to learn how to you know be a better people out in the world and talk. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a fun thing to do, you know. Yeah, but it was just like this is a fun escape from like your office job. Right. And so then Lindsay was like, just take this class. It's only eight weeks. Um, Linda Smith is a teacher. Oh, she's great. She's amazing. And yeah, I, was, I, I go way back with her. She's awesome. I literally did my first open mics <gasps> with Linda Smith in Boston. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Amazing. St- and that's like, Jesus, that's like 19... 19- I, when I was in college Whoa. and I first did a few open mics before yeah. I got out of college, she was, it was like in the mid eighties. That's she, I loved her. She was great. Yeah. She's so great. And so I was like, all right, I'll take this dumb class. It's eight weeks and I'll go back to my office job. And then the first, the first time, cause like our first assignment was to like write five minutes of like whatever. Yeah. And we were like in kind of like this. It felt like a room that just had like an AA meeting that let out. <laughs> and then they put the stand up class. It's like the, the chairs like in a half circle. Yeah, there yeah. was like an empty donut it box. It wasn't at Caroline's? It wasn't at Caroline's. It was like a small, it was like some random small like room. Huh. And I, I touched the microphone and I was like, oh, whoa. Yeah. And I got like my first laugh it was like some dumb joke. I don't remember. But I was like, this is interesting. Huh. It is interesting yeah. that, that, you know, we you take it for granted now. Yeah. But that first time where you, like, you know, you hold the thing and yeah. you're not sure how to hold it, but it's like, oh, it's like power, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you take it out the mic stand. Uh, I was like, oh, that's cool. Right. <laughs> and it it was nothing that, that special, but I just Very was like, special. oh, I think this is, this is what I should be doing. So I immediately was like, I just started going to open mics. Writing and again. Writing again. Started going to open mics. And then I got late. So that was July 2008. Yeah. Got laid off from my office job October 2008. And I'm a big, like, the universe. I'm pretty, I'm like not like religious, but yeah. I really do believe like the universe is always talking to us and we just have to listen. So I'm always looking out for signs. Yeah. It's upset right now. Yeah. It it's <laughs> fucking wants to kill us all right now. <laughs> Working on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, well, I got laid off and I got this small severance package right when I found the thing I was supposed to be doing with my life. That's a sign. Oh, oh so you're like, things happen the way they're supposed to kind of Yeah, person. so then like, I just yeah. doubled down and I did like open mics and I like had shitty temp jobs. And I think oh, my yeah? Weirdest, like what? My weirdest one is yeah. I temped at MAC Cosmetics. Yeah. And their, their whole thing is like everyone has to wear all black. You can't wear any color. And I'm like, if, I was like, even a temp and I'm like, yes, you have to go out and buy all black clothes. Yeah. And no one ate. No one ate there. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> a cult. It was so weird. And it was only like three weeks. And I was like, oh, no, I, I don't want. No, this is insane. But I, I, I could not believe. Like I would go because I was like early 20s. And I was like, oh, I can like still eat like shit. So I would like go to Wendy's and bring back <sighs> my shitty fast food. You could just tell people are like Wendy's. horrified that I'm like eating Still love Wendy's. I did too. I remember, like, I was in high school when yeah. the, when the first Wendy's opened, like when the chain started, and wow. they yeah. So it was like I'm pretty sure because yeah. I was like it was a uh, late 70s maybe yeah. And there was one we could walk to from my high school, nice. and just the, those greasy square burgers, yeah, like the double cheeseburger, yeah. They were so good, so good. Oh yeah. And then I remember. I remember when they put salad bars in the Wendy's. <laughs> 
And everyone was like, nah, I don't know. We're good. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. very exciting times. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would just eat like my shitty greasy food temp and then do stand up at night. Yeah. Yeah. And I would do like biker bars in Staten Island. Well, how the fuck does that happen? How out of just, all the things, like, you know, I've done a lot of weird gigs when I was starting out, but like a biker bar on Staten Island, what someone, some comic had that gig? Yeah. So he would like have like a bunch of us like go with him and it was just kind of this like, Oof. and they did not give a fuck that we were there. It was brutal. But you need that. You need to get I did like- a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. You need people not caring at all. Do you remember the, like the feeling of like the first time you go to Staten Island, you're like, it's kind of scary. You're like, do people live out here? Yeah. Because like you hear things about Staten Island. It's this weird- Kind of like enclave of yeah. gangsters and retired cops and <laughs> firefighters, and there's a dump there, and you're like, yeah. "What is? What, who lives out there?" And it's like suburban, but then like there's no one on the streets ever. Like it was just weird. Yeah, yeah. So, so you was, did a lot of those kind of. I gigs? did a lot of that stuff and well, got in so much debt. Yeah. Oh really? Well, it's yeah. good. It's good that they didn't give a fuck, as opposed to give a fuck. You yes. Know, in some level, yes. like you know, it's weird when you do those one nighters that are not at comedy clubs and it's a comedy night. Yeah. And you walk in and they're like, yeah, yeah, just over there. And you, you <laughs> what, what about the people? Like they'll come maybe. Yeah. Like, oh god. Yeah. All right, and you do it. Yeah. But the weird thing about, and I don't know if it was the same experience for you. The weird thing about those gigs is like you give it your all. Yeah, because you think you're like, I'm going to turn them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to turn them. But oh. then I, I started like this Manchester pub. It was a, a, a bar in Midtown, and I started hosting like, I think a twice a month show there. We got paid in like chicken wings yeah. and beer. And like, that's just like, I was just gr- grinding. And ha- just when did you first start uh, like getting work? Um. Oh, God. Like, did you start doing, which clubs did they let you in eventually? I like, I'm now just slowly starting to do clubs. Like, oh, really? I've just been doing like indie shit. <laughs> right. And like doing festivals and just like. So you came up in the, uh, on the, in the alt scene. Really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's come back to where we were, which is yes. that feeling of, of like, you know, when you started doing comedy in New York and, you know, in terms of being black. Yes. Ooh. In that world. Like the alt yeah. world is different. Like the, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it's different, but it's still like a bunch of white dudes who think you don't belong. Well, do, well, I see the audiences even on the HBO show. Yeah, it's like the. It's br- pretty diverse now. Getting there, what the first one was pretty white. No, no. I, I. This is what I will say. I think the way the seating was done, I okay. think, was to. So they made the black people sitting back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they made the black people sit in the back, but I think they wanted it to feel like. Yeah. Right. Mm, there are white people who like this. Oh, that's what they were hoping? <laughs> that, that seems like they, that's <laughs> See, it's for everybody. Yeah, exactly. I think that's sort of like what it was. But I was like, it's, it was pretty pretty diverse crowds for both seasons. But um, I think of everything I do, stand-up is the most nerve-wracking thing for in, me. In terms of the community? Yes. Hmm. And I've always... And so this is like what what I was trying to say earlier that we circle back to. So I, you know, so I would, for example, I like I had a day job. I go, I do like some open mics then I go home and write and I do like my blogging or whatever. Like I always just had like a bunch of jobs because I like I got my my own apartment. I was living by myself by 20. 
three yeah. in New York. And I was just hustling. That was just like my thing. I'm like, you gotta hustle. You so gotta... exciting though, isn't it? It's really exciting, but I was like so focused on like, I just gotta support myself in New York. My parents can't afford to help me out. Like, I just gotta make it happen. And I would notice, I was doing like some open mics. And I just was noticing like how toxic the energy was. And what, with the cynical, bitter white dudes? Yeah, and just like everyone's ragging everyone. I'm like, oh, this person like bombs. And you're like, yeah, it's a fucking open mic. Like why? Right. Why are you being like people are just being so mean to yeah. each other. And I was like, this is fucking stupid. Like I, I don't need this. So I like sort of stopped going to open mics and I just like started like my own shows and like was trying to find other shows where, where there's like in a restaurant or like and like wherever. So yeah. I was just sort of doing that. And I just kept encountering some white people who would be like, some white comics who would be like, oh, you think you're better than everyone else. And it, that comment was only ever said by other white comics. And I was like, I don't think I'm better than everybody else. Like, I just am mentally, me being in a toxic environment where everyone was treating each other like shit, I right. didn't like. Right. And there was a lot, like, I would get comments because I don't hang out. Like, I'm not a big drinker yeah i never drink before i go on stage and yeah. i was like pretty sober um i don't even want to call myself a square that's just like it's not your thing yeah it's just like not my thing like i don't mind having like a glass of rose afterwards but like i'm just like but i get it that's an interesting yeah. observation in that you know in the sense that when i grew up when i came up yeah yeah, it was a bunch of miserable fucking dudes. Yeah, you know who were you know who would talk behind each other's backs and like you know you know secretly get excited when someone was tanking. And I saw and, that. And, yeah, and uh, like I I do a bit about it on stage. It's like you know like the, when you hear that like at the comedy store, yeah. like there's a laugh that comes out of the back when when a joke tanks. Yeah, and and it's <laughs> it's very specifically a comic laugh, and it's it's not a real laugh. It's always like ah. And like, and that's how you know, yeah, because they can't even laugh anymore. They're just excited that someone's failing, <laughs> and I. <laughs> that gives them uh, some sort of like uh, you know r rush, but I mean, you know, I acknowledge it, and I it, it, there's, I guess what I'm saying is that there was a way of behaving in place that yeah. was essentially toxic and probably still is. Yeah. And it was just because we were all kind of like selfish, roguish, you know, angry dudes. Who are trying to you know get at this, but but you it, it, the pressure to fit into that. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I don't want to sort of rag on someone if they bomb. Like I'm like, we're I, I want to be like we're all kind of shitty. Yeah, like we're all figuring it out. Like, and yeah, it, it just became this weird like, oh well, this person sucks, and I'm like, we all suck. Yeah, like that's <laughs> what you're. We're all year four. Yeah. We all suck. So right. like. Me acting like this person's garbage and I'm a mate. I like, I just didn't want to do that. And right. so the mentality of it, I just couldn't get into the like sometimes, you know, if I do well in a show, like comics would talk to me beforehand. And if I do well in a show, sometimes the male comics wouldn't talk to me or like they wouldn't acknowledge me. And then I, I do well in a show. Then they talk to me and I was like, this is all fucking, I was like, this is terrible. Like I see when, a woman or a person of color stops doing stand-up comedy, I always get it 1,000%. Yeah. I, oh, I go, I yeah. It's 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 hard. And yeah. Because it's just like you are, are, like I would rarely, I would usually be the only one of me on a show. 
I've had people say, oh, we can't have like another black person on the show because that'd make it weird. Like full, like it fully just you, like. Like it's casual? Yeah. You're and you're like, like, it's not weird to have two black people on the show. What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> but just this sort of you like. You got to mix it up. Four white guys, one black person. <laughs> <laughs> you get two black people, then it's half and half and it's not fair. Yeah. Not like, oh, this is properly. like a weird ethnic night. And yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> but that's like the shit I was dealing with. And I was like, I don't. I like stand-up comedy, but I don't like stand-up comedians. And that's how I felt for a really long time. Yeah. Because there was just so much, like, shitty behavior. And then I would sort of, like, start talking shit about people. And I'm like, why are you oh, even... Oh, you started getting infected. Yeah. And I was like, no, don't do that, Phoebes. Don't do not be that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you know again, like, because of how, you, you know, because of my part in that. Yeah. And that, but I was always the most toxic in a way, because I was... <laughs> I was jealous, <laughs> angry, yeah, you know, and it just, you just fester. And it, like, I start to rationalize it like, you know, back then or even, you know, in retrospect that, you know, comics are essentially people that don't, at least my generation, mm-hmm. they, they they fundamentally did not fit into society. Yeah. Or they made choices that like either they were in it for for the women or they were in it so they could be borderline criminals and just yeah. you know do smoke weed all day and wander around and sleep until noon yeah and you know <laughs> and, and be on the road yeah so they i always saw them as these you know gypsies and rogues who were just like misanthropic you know freaks yeah and 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 i thought in my head well that's that's what comedy is that's mm. who we are like when jess and i started two dope queens yeah. We started in part because I did improv in New York. She did in L.A. And we're only always surrounded by white people. We're like, but we know tons of funny people of color. Yeah. We know funny queer people. Yeah. We know funny women. So, like, why aren't they on these shows? And so we were just sort of like, I think what happens a lot of times, it's not about, it's about the fact that we're just not seen. Right. And so a lot of times those groups that are marginalized just aren't even considered at all. And if they are, it's on ethnic night. Yes, exactly. Right. And you're like, well, I could do stand up at this club any night of the week. Right. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's sort of like, like I remember when I was blogging for a while that anytime anything, something black happened, yeah. I'd be like, hey, do you want to write about this? And I'm like, Dude, yeah. <laughs> ask me to fucking write about you too. I can fucking write about that too. It, and it feels very much like you're just putting me in a box that that's my only value is to be this black person who can represent all black people. And yeah. so when Jess and I started Toot Up Queens, we were like, well, we just know so many hilarious people. Yeah. Just that, have them on. That, that aren't the that aren't mainstream or yeah. aren't represented. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, just have them on. And yeah, so I okay. think- there's a way to go about inclusion that is not condescending. And yeah. I think people confuse that. Interesting. And that there, and, if inclusion means, oh, we're bringing in people who are unqualified. And it's like, no, inclusion means opening your eyes and yeah. seeing that there are people who are just as valuable as you are. Right. Even though they don't look like you. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, you know, I, it's, as I said, I'm guilty of these things. Yeah. You know, I had a writer's room that was all dudes, you know, for my show. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it, it, it was, you know, it's an, it's like, it wasn't even that great. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, like, <laughs> but it, it, but it comes yeah. down to that same f- fear we were talking about that, that the, the, the desire to not self check. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, when you ask me about race, like, do I, you know, get, you know, self, you know, kind of like, do I, like, what is the word I'm looking for? You know, just sort of, like, check myself before I talk. And, like, you know, the idea that, like, if I'm in a writer room full of dudes, you know, we can be, like, whatever we're going to be. Yeah. Just fucking dudes, you know, talking about bullshit, making jokes. And then if, like, the the idea that if we had a woman in there, like, well, then we can't talk about our dicks as much. You're like what is that? Yeah, it's like come it's on. Like maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, maybe it's not necessary. Exactly. That comfort zone might not be the best thing. Yeah. But I think that people have to learn that. I don't think that it's innate yeah. for everybody. Yeah, know? and I, I don't think anyone comes into it fully woke or fully perfect. And you know, I just think now I try to be more aware of like everyone who's because it's very easy for each group. Like I could just I remember when I started my other podcast. So many white guys, which is like an interview show. <laughs> and they have one token white guy that I interview at the end of the, each season. And I remember, and I try to have a pretty diverse where I like have like women, people of color, queer people, just like a really a yeah. big mix. And I remember I had a couple people who tweeted at me who were like, I'm disappointed that like your guests aren't all black. Right. Like they just wanted to be like an all black show. And I was like, well, diversity to me is not just only black people be in the room. I'm like, there are hundreds of races. And I feel like a lot of times in entertainment, the the race conversation is just black, white, yeah. as if there aren't like, you know, Indians, Asians, yeah. Latinx, all those people. So I was like, I want to have it be diverse. And I'm like, well, this should just be like all black us. And I'm like, well, then go make that show. But it was this weird thing where people just like- it's your responsibility. Yeah, and I was like, well, I want- to bring everyone along. So I, I don't know. I just think everyone has to find their own comfort level. But I think if you're actively not preventing someone from, you know, an opportunity because they don't look like you, I think that you're, you know, doing something right. It's not terrible. Yeah, I think it's on it. But I think you could have probably had a woman in the writing writers. I, no, I, I, yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. 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 Be, yeah. <laughs> Would have been good. Yeah. Like, so, well, that's that's the thing is that, you know, guys like me or people like me, you know, what what what's required is just to walk around with a modicum of shame <laughs> <No>. <laughs> about how you've behaved and try to correct that. Yeah. And I feel like there, there are things, ways that I've behaved in the past that like aren't great. And uh, I want to correct that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's everybody. Well, what did you glean from from doing that show from that podcast? What the reason why I started is because. I remember I'm really close friends with Abby and Alana, and I remember when Broad City was coming out. I had them on. I gave them cereal. Yes, I remember that episode. It was like the cutest thing. It was so sweet. I was like, that's a dad move. That's a very cute dad move. They were hungry. Uh, and I remember when they were interviewed on like a lot of shows, and people would be like, so you're, so you're girls, and you have your own show. Uh. And you're like, that that's the question? That's the fucking research she did? <laughs> that they have vaginas and they have a show? And I just would see like all these interviews, whether it's like them or Janet Mock, and it's like, so you're trans. Yeah. And I'd be like, these interviews are just othering them. And like the only thing that's interesting about them is that they're not the interview, like the interviewer. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, let me just talk to people about just their lives and who they are yeah. and not make it like so you're Asian right right that's wild right it's like, yeah the fuck are you talking about yeah, yeah. I'm guilty of that yeah <laughs> you haven't done it with me so I appreciate that no but like <laughs> I, I had to learn weird lessons yeah yeah I like I did, I did it with Mindy Kaling it was like <laughs> 
because I'm I'm so, I I just I'm so fascinated with Indian culture and Indian yeah. food, and I don't know much about it. So I yeah. just uh, I assumed that she would tell me, and yeah. she was like, "What do you?" <laughs> That's why they have Google, man. I, I know, but like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't like in the moment. Yeah, I didn't see anything wrong with it. And that's, right. See, and that's what you learn in those conversations. Yeah, is that you do. There is a, a reason to be a little, you know, gun shy. You know, in, in terms of what you're about to say, because yeah. like you have to be like, am I doing that? Am okay. I am, am I othering them? Am I yeah. seeing them as something, so a representative of 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 some mystical world that I don't understand as a yeah. white guy? Yeah, as opposed to just a person, you know, who's got a life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? And I, well, you learn the hard way. Yeah, <sighs> and you don't do that. <laughs> you okay? No, yeah. That side was just like, <sighs> well, no, I, I yeah, I, but I there's some parts of it where. I think there is real curiosity Mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't think it can be misplaced, Mm -hmm. but I think that the nature of us all being people is one thing, but people do come from different lives and they are sometimes specific to race. And there has to be, if you're curious, okay, you can Google it and not everyone is a representative of that, of, of, of that community, but, but it is, it it is an honest mistake to sort of put people in that position. You're like, the five thousandth white person to have done that to her. Do you know what I mean? It's like so. Yeah, like right. every time I go into a new space, it's like all eyes on me, and it's like, <laughs> how are I, the black people doing? Class, get out your books. <laughs> There's gonna be an exam in two weeks. Yeah, and it's just like that gets tiring. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess like yeah, the cultural you know sort of uh, responsibility put upon you. Yeah, uh, gets tiring, but oddly, yeah. However you handle that is going to be informative to the people that are ignorant of what they're doing. Oh, yeah. I I have to, my customers, I am so fucking polite. I have to be. (laughs) Yeah. Because I can't be like the fucking angry black woman who goes fucking nuts in Verizon. So I'm just like, excuse me, ma'am. I just need to speak to your supervisor. Like I am, I don't talk this way. I don't fucking say (laughs) ma'am. But that's what I gotta be. It's it's tiring. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're tired. You're. I can see in your face. You're like, oh man. And that's what it's like all the time. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. But I, then there's other great things are about being black. So it's like it's fine. Okay, yeah. as long as it balances out. Yeah, <laughs> I think it balances out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk. Uh, there's one. Uh, there's another essay in your book about how to avoid being the black friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's sort of in the same area of yeah. this, isn't it? Yeah. How do you know that's happening? Well, if, like when it's happening. Yeah. You, <laughs> sometimes you don't know, and then you show up to a show up to a party, and you're like, oh. "Oh shit, I'm the only one here. I gotta get the fuck out." There's a, it's just a lot of that, and you're just like, and I don't think people are going, "This is my black friend. Like I did right. it." Yeah. But I think there is that sort of like. Well, I made contact with one, so I'm I'm good. Yeah, right. You know, and so it's just <laughs> it's so fucking annoying. It's weird. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I think I I think a lot of times I don't know, but like so I imagine some people are just insulated in their world, and it yeah. you, you know they they feel like they do need to make an effort. It, yeah, like it's, there's an innocence to it as well that like yes, you, you know. If you're just wherever you're working or whatever, you've just surround or your life is just you know a dozen white people. Yeah, and you have that moment where you're like, I gotta, 
Yeah, I got to broaden my. Yeah. I know that one girl. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like crazy. But it, I'll give you this example. It was. So I live in Brooklyn with my boyfriend. We put our names on the list for this restaurant. We had to like wait a half an hour. So we went down the street to this bar and we walked in and he was the only white person there. And I could tell he got a little, <laughs> he just got a little like the way that I like, you uh-huh. know, get, he, that's how he got. And I was like, do you feel uncomfortable that you're the only white person here? He was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, that's my fucking life, dog. That's how I was. I had to meet his family. I went to the UK for fucking eight days. Yeah. And I was the only fucking black person anywhere for eight days. And I was like, that's how I felt meeting your... Fu- I don't know these people. Yeah. I, I had to impress all these fucking white people in your life. And I'm like, that was that's me. How did that go? It was good. But I was like, I'm tired. <laughs> I was like, I am tired <laughs> only see white people and they everyone came up and they were touching my hair and i was like that's a thing huh yeah don't touch my fucking hair and i was just like and he he sort of got it he was like yeah he was like it it just it feels weird and he's like you you just know that you're the only one in the room and i'm like that's that's my life right he got it but like you know it's it's a a, a rare event. Yeah, it was half an hour, <laughs> yeah. and they had a UFC match with like two white people on the screen. I'm like, you're you're fine. There's yeah, two other white people. Yeah, doing what they do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and so just being, I could that, see that's exhausting. Yeah, yeah it, you know, it could be exhausting. Yeah, I, it's funny about the hair thing. Like I, like I had one of these moments. Like it's weird that like some little moments. That, you know, kind of, you know, hurt your feelings in a moment, mm-hmm. but, you know, you remember them. Yeah. But I was sort of happy how I handled it. Okay. What did you do? What well, happened? There, there's this woman who was, uh, you, you know, working at the comedy store. I, it, you know, she was not a comedian, a, yeah. a waitress, and she was intense and like, you yeah. know, an artist. of. But she had shaved her head completely. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was drastic, and it was shiny. Wow. And like, you know, I saw her, and I don't really know her at all, yeah. you know, but I, I see her at the club. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I wanted to put my hands on her head. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but I said, can I, can I put my, can I touch your head? And she's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Good yeah. for her. But, but Great. like yeah. in that moment, I'm like, oh, but, but it's like, of course, I'm glad I asked. Yeah. <laughs> if you had, and you just like fucking palmed her head like a basketball. But people do that. Yes. Because they're like, oh, but like, you know, it, and I think sometimes a lot of this woke shit comes down to simply that respect yeah. of like, you know, is this okay? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just don't touch my hair. I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't think, I didn't think I should. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. So what, so when's the new season start? Tito Queens? Yeah. It's already out. <laughs> It is? Yeah. We already did it? Yeah. <laughs> it's on? The whole thing's on? Don't fucking know. There's a whole generation of things happening that I just don't know or understand. Yeah. Wait, know. how did you hear of me, though? I knew of you from comedy, and then I knew the book, and then I knew oh, the podcast. okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I yeah. never know who- I don't either. Knows who I am. Me neither. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and, yeah. And most people don't know who I am. Same. Yeah. It's uh, but it, people know who you are. I think this I is the know. little. This is a little like faux humble moment you're having. I don't think so. I like it's if mm-hmm. you think about it because of the media universe we live in. Yeah. 
in the big picture. Yeah, I'm not Kevin Hart. Yeah. So there is that weird zone. I got all these things out there. And if you're not, and I don't know what they're walking into, if they're walking into any of them. Yeah. But like I got, I saw on Twitter today, people were like, I just found your podcast because I saw you on The Simpsons. And this is 10 years in. So it's not the way it used to yeah. be. You know, yeah. I got a hit show. Everyone's going to know who I am. You right. really don't. So you walk around sort of, when people are looking at you, you're, there's that moment where you're like, yeah, it's me. And then you realize like, they're not looking at you like that. You have that? I've had that. I um, We went to, I did like a girls uh, weekend for a birthday in Vegas um, for my birthday. We we're all hanging out at the pool. Yeah. And uh, this guy came over and he like, he came like, he looked like he knew who I was. Like yeah. fully, like he was going to like say something nice. And then he just came over to be like, oh, we're closing the pool in 10 minutes. I need you guys to get out of here. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> You have no idea who the fuck I am. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, Two Dumb Queens, it's still, just, yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> People love that show. They love the podcast. Yeah. Was it hard to stop that, the podcast? It wasn't hard because I'm always, I never like to do anything forever. I, I know, but don't you feel like, <clears throat> was there an issue of like, like on some level, it like it reached, it probably reached a whole, there's probably a good chunk of the people that listen to the podcast that yeah. don't have HBO maybe, or yes. don't watch HBO, or like like you had to really say to that audience, go get HBO. Yeah, which, yeah, fucking help me buy my house. <laughs> you did, they did. Yeah, help, you guys help me buy my apartment in New York. But uh, I just really, Justin and I were just getting so busy and I was just kind of like, I don't like to half-ass anything. Oh, yeah. And when you're doing it, when it's your job, it's your job, man. Yeah. And I'm was, here on a Sunday talking to you. I know. Yeah. And, you're, and like, I'm sure you would rather be just relaxing on a Sunday. It doesn't but, happen. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got to record every Sunday. It's just because yeah. I was shooting. I have to you know, do the interviews. I don't yeah. mind. I, get, I, it, I, I don't have a sense of days or weeks. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, but we just got to a place, where, and I, and I know for me personally, I just am like, if I can't do it, I just rather just kill it and move on. So, all right, anything else bothering you? How do we handle this? All right, what you the, the interview? Yeah, I think it was great. I don't I know if I it. like said enough about what about my. I don't know if anyone knows any more about me than beforehand. What do you think's missing exactly? Is there a part of you that you know we're not discussing? No, I, w- I I'm really not. I will say I'm not that interesting. Like I'm not well, like I think you are. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think it's been a good journey. You're yeah. very s- smart and I like you're funny and your writing's good and uh but like I I guess let's see if I have any more questions that maybe I'm filtering because of uh what we've identified as my <laughs> fear of saying. Yeah, what's ask me something that you think you are scared to ask me. I'm not really scared. Yeah. Do you think there are people that r- really don't see color lines? No. Yeah. I don't either. That's the craziest thing that's ever been said. What I just said? No, no, no. When people are like, oh, I don't see color. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> right? Of course you do. You of may course not, you do. There might be a, 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 a spectrum of how you judge that. Yeah. But you, unless you're like blind, yeah, or or you, you do see it, you know yeah. what you do with that initial information is a whole other thing. Exactly, right? But that's sort of that's a I guess that's probably a white person invention. Yeah, of course, <laughs> it, of course it is. 
Listen, Malcolm X, who said it. <laughs> I don't see color lines. Yeah. These white people are just yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, man, it is just like, uh, yeah, I just, I just want to be able to do the comedy that I want to do, have people in the room who are just different from me. Like, that's my favorite thing is watching a comic who is so, like, I love watching Tig Notaro. I will never be like her. I will never tell Kami like her. And I love that. I love watching people who are so different from me. Yeah, she's like her own time zone. It's great. I've known her forever. And it's yeah. just like every time you're around her, you're like, am I fitting in reality right now? Yeah. <laughs> and it's so great. Um, I love that. I think there's so many people want, they just want to see themselves. And I'm always like, I want to see people who are different from me. Yeah, always. me too. I like yeah. a good story. Yeah. I like uh, I, I I have a, a sort of uh, I I have a secret uh, love of goofy shit. Yeah, like, like I, what? I like people who are naturally physically funny. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And and they know how to really work it. Like to me, that's a fascinating innate ability. Yeah, of of people that are just like either uncomfortable or even somebody like Kevin James, mm-hmm. who is just sort of like. <laughs> he's just worked up in every part of him. Like he just moves and he's funny. Like guy, people who can just like physically just be yeah, funny. I love that. Yeah. Because like, I'm such a heady dude, mm-hmm. you know, and I can be physically funny, but some guys just, it's just so natural. And it's uh, it, I always, I always am impressed with that. Yeah. Who are you, Who do you like? Yeah. Other than Tig. I love watching Baron Vaughn. He's something I, like, you know, I think it's he's weird. Great. We, I interviewed him. Yeah. I was, I was hard on him for a long, long time. Why? Wow, I think we talked about it on the podcast. Okay, uh, I, I, I didn't hear that because, episode. Because, like, and he knew it too. Yeah, like you know, he knew that I had sort of put him in the actor who wants to be comic category oh, for a long time. No, come on, that's not him. No, I know he. I, yeah, he, he turned me around, and he was <laughs> he was great on your show, and he, like, yeah, he, he's very good with uh, yeah voices, and he's pretty physically funny. Yeah, I love him. Um, I love Michelle Buteau. I haven't seen like I haven't seen her in so long. She's I remember so great. I remember when she was like I think the first time I met her she was like it must have been like a long time ago. She's yeah. been around for a while. Yeah. Right? Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. She's she always like we just like FaceTime wearing zit cream and she just <laughs> fucking kills me. I'll just be like screaming in my apartment with laughter. I'm yeah. Fully obsessed with Ali Wong, and I tell her all the time. Oh yeah, she's great. I I I feel like sometimes I talk to her like a fan. Like I'm always like, you're just so great, and I love you, and I rewatch this. But I'm like, we used to write together. But um, she's so like she's so wonderful. You wrote together where? So when she lived in New York, we would just like meet up at like a oh, yeah. coffee shop in Soho and like work on bits, and then she would like go do her shows, and I go do my, and it was just like. She's so great. You guys are workers. Yeah. Oh, she's I, a worker, man. I'm a worker. I'm a grinder. Yeah. I always have people saying no. Like that's part of the reason why I started Two Dope Queens is because I couldn't get a writing job. No one would hire me for warm up. I just no one was interested in me at all. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna do my own thing over here. Yeah. Like I've been around so long though, you just sort of see people's process and mm-hmm. how they're going, and then you wonder, it's sort of like, are they going to evolve out of that? Is, yeah. Because yeah. there's sort of steps. To people coming into themselves. Yeah. And you just sort of wonder, like, is that one going to keep turning or is that going to stay there? You yeah. Know? It's cool to watch someone find their voice. And I think it's amazing. For a long time, it took me a while to find my voice. And then I think a lot of it was I just had to get confidence. Oh, yeah. It took me yeah. th- tw- like th- 25 years, 30 years. <laughs> I'm serious. You had your voice way before then. 
No, it was angrier and it was defensive. It, it was angrier. Yes. And and like at some point once you know people started to appreciate what I did, yeah. like I can walk on a stage now fearless. Yeah. You know, especially if it's my people, but yeah. other like even more, it's sort of just still starting to happen mm-hmm. in a weird way. Because I think a lot of the job for a lot of years is just pretending not to be afraid mm. until you you can really. But to walk up and really be fearless, yeah. I mean, that's an amazing moment, and it didn't yeah. happen to me for years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm almost there. I just really. So when Alana and I we did our stand up tour in 2017, we just like co headlined together. Because I was going to quit stand-up. Like, I was like, oh, I'll just do, like, two-dope queens thing, and I'll just be a writer, but I, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to do stand-up anymore. Yeah. And then I went and I did it, and I was like, oh, I'm good at this. And I think I was so hung up on, I don't know if I necessarily do stand-up the way that no, I've, certain I've, I've comics, that. Yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, oh, am I not good because I don't do it the way that certain white guys do it. Right. And then it had to be like, you don't have to do it that way. Like it can sort of kind of look any way that it wants as long as it's representing you. I, believe you know? me, I, I've, I, I still do that to myself. Like yeah. how come I don't do it like certain yeah. white guys do it? And, uh, you know, it, but it's okay. You know, when you see somebody who, who kills all the time or who has, you know, big success and they're like, they're different than you primarily, it usually comes down to like, they write jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I write jokes? Yeah. <laughs> And like after a certain point, it's like you got to be like, this is my process. You know, I do all right with it. Mm-hmm. It's not maybe it's not the most uh, disciplined or the best way to go about it. Yeah. But it's what works for me. And, I, and after you've been doing something like for 30 years, you're like, what are you going to sit down and write jokes? Yeah. Like I love like I love listening to Jerry Seinfeld talk about the process. I'm also like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. No. I'm not doing that. I have to like I have to wait till something hits me on stage, and it's the best. The time. It, I, but that's like some sort of compulsive thing. I mean, writing jokes is such a, it's a beautiful thing, and and I love good jokes, but it's a real controlly thing. Mm-hmm. Where if you're up there and you've got an idea that you know is funny enough, yeah, to get the laughs, and yeah. you're not sure where it's going to go, and that thing out of nowhere just comes in, yeah, you know, because in that moment you're like, I got it, you know, you want to be funny in that moment, and then all of a sudden you got your tag, but you don't know where it came from. Yeah. You know it came out of you, but it came out of you in a moment, you know, that, you know, you had no control over. It's the best. That's the best. I love I loved doing it that way, and I was, for a long time I was like, well, maybe I'm not like a real stand-up because I don't sit down and write like two hours a day, and then I had to be like, no. That's not the way I think. That's not the way I, I talk. Yeah, yeah. I am in no position to judge how yeah. people approach, you know, what they do on stage. And, yeah. and really, you know, stand-up comedy as a job, you know, is a thing that has a history and, and it is what it is. But, you know, in all honesty, yeah. there have been, from the beginning of, of modern stand-up, there have been plenty of storytellers. There have been plenty of people that work in different ways. You yeah. know, how it became this sort of Seinfeldian or or, or this idea you know, there have always been shtick guys and joke guys, but there's also been long-form dudes, you know, as far back as the 50s. And yeah. if, even if you listen to Lenny Bruce, who people don't really listen to. But they reference him, but they don't yeah, listen but, to Yeah, but I mean, yeah. like, it was hit or miss, man. And, yeah. and it was, you know, long-form and odd and esoteric. Mm-hmm. And it's just at some point, I accepted that, you know, it's a very broad trip, you mm-hmm. know, and what, you know, and there's going to be guys that are like, that's not real stand up. It's like, nah, it is though. Yeah. I'm, I'm up there by myself getting laughs. Fuck off. Yeah. That's stand up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the great thing about now, it's like, hey, I don't have to be for everybody. 
Mm-hmm. Like I can be for my people. You know, fuck off. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I, I think it's like you, you have to sort of talk to people who are quote unquote different from you. I don't feel different from you that but much. But that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. when I when I on the drive here I was a little nervous. I was like, I've listened to the podcast. Like he's really I'm like, I just don't know how we're gonna relate. And then I got here and I'm like, oh it's fucking fine. We're talking <laughs> I, about collagen powder. Like yeah. we're we're the same. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I do that with every interview. <laughs> yeah. Every interview I have I'm like, oh boy. What am I gonna <laughs> Yeah. And then you're like, oh we're just fucking people. It's fine. Well, my yeah. my big like it's like when you talked about preparing for Gloria Steinem, you, you know yeah. that you know I've done that before yeah. with certain people because yeah. I you know because you want to afford them the respect they deserve mm-hmm. for who they are if they are that type of person. Yeah, you want to respect everybody, but there are some people that sort of like I got some ground to cover. Some yeah. shit has to be talked about. Yeah, when I interviewed no, Michelle like, Obama, that was, I prepped for two and a half days. Right. Yeah, and did it? it what paid off from that process? All of it, or did you? Were you sort of like I didn't have to? This was easier than I no, thought. It was. It was what I think it did was th- there was no way that I was going to fuck it up because okay. I was so prepared. Even if her and I didn't hit it off, yeah, I was like, "There's no way this is not going to be good because I know this woman and her book inside out." Yeah, and so it, to me, it made me. It reinforced. I think sometimes people who are slackers and they're around someone who works really hard, they're always like, oh, you calm down. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're preparing too much. And it made me go, no, bitch, you, sh- you should prepare like that for everybody. Treat everybody like they're Michelle Obama. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, but yeah. sometimes w- I think the, the, the liability to that is, is also the same as, yeah. is, as the joke writing predicament. Yeah. Is that, you know, if you already know the answer you're going to get and you know the question and you know what the answer to the question yeah. is, you know, it, 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 it'll lead the thing in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you might you might deny yourself like some organic right. moments of like, why are we just talking? About? Like, yeah. you know, like when I interviewed Barack Obama, you know, I, I had to prepare because I had an hour. Yeah. You know, it wasn't going to be a, a fundamentally political interview. Mm-hmm. And like I was jammed up with that shit. Yeah. And he walks in and starts just busting my balls. It's great. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. And it worked out because, you know, you, you make yourself available for that. But I don't think it's bad to have all that shit in there. Yeah, and then, you know, like, I think, like, I really enjoy this. Is I'm like, we're just hanging out. Yeah. And it's not like, how did T-Dub Queens get started? And it's like, who, no one cares. No one cares how I got started. Yeah, it's more, you know, people yeah. go watch it, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah. If I'm doing that, it's like not going well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's good that we're just sort of able to like just talk about, I don't hang out, out with a lot of 55-year-old white, white guys. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, this is great. <laughs> I've made contact. Yeah. We, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> we solved all the problems. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out, you guys. Oh, thank God. I'm glad you all could witness that. <laughs> Thanks for doing it. That was fun. Thank you so much. So that was a good chat. That was fun. It, it sounds good in here. I keep noticing that. Maybe it's these new headphones. I don't know. But uh, yeah, go to my uh, my tour page, wtfpod.com slash tour for those England dates that are coming up. The UK dates. I'll just I'll just go through all the dates. Can I? Would you let me? April fourth at the Lowry in Salford, England. I think that might be sold out. Royal Festival Hall in London, England, April sixth. There are definitely tickets for that. 
The Rep Theatre in Birmingham, England, April 8th. There are tickets. Vicker Street in Ireland, April 11th. Dublin, uh, some tickets left. April 18th, 19th, and 20th at the American Comedy Company in uh, San Diego. Comedy Club on State, May 23rd, 24th, and 25th in Madison, Wisconsin. Vermont Comedy Club, June 6th, 7th, and 8th in Burlington, Vermont. Those are sold out. Helium in St. Louis, June 13th, June 14th, and June 15th. I think there's tickets for that. And the Good Nights Comedy Club in Raleigh, North Carolina, has been shifted uh, because of... uh, an engagement I have to do. So Raleigh, North Carolina is now August 1, 2, and 3, uh, if there's still a world. Oh, I don't want to be negative at the end there. I think I've got my guitar hooked up, so now I will play for you. Here's some guitar meditative.